0: Behind the Shades. Andrew, hello, my friend. How are you doing today? Um, Today I'm doing very well. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you
1: on the show today. I know we're going to talk about a number of interesting things. Some of them, I think, are long overdue because sometimes men don't speak about some of the relationship issues that they go through, but you and I are going to touch on that and maybe more today, right?
0: Absolutely. And I think it comes down to the shame that's behind what men... What men are experiencing um and, and when we get to it i'll tell you my story and and um I, I was um i was gaslighted and cheated on and and it's something that a lot of men don't necessarily share because they're embarrassed so th- this is uh, what you're doing and what i'm trying to do i think getting it out there and, and allowing the men a voice that we are vulnerable and that we, that that, it, that things like gaslighting and, and deception, it, it's been, it's a taboo, almost like, you know, the masculinity in men. Oh, it, it, but no, it has to be spoken about. It has to be talked about.
1: I absolutely agree. I think sometimes we think that we have to be tough. We have to be strong. We have to be proud. And we can't talk about these things, but today Ladies and gentlemen, we are definitely going to talk about all of this. So, Andrew, do me the pleasure. Introduce yourself. Let people know where they can find you. And let's get into gaslighting, making better decisions, as well as so many other aspects of the relationship dynamic.
0: Okay. So, um, I go by anonymous, Andrew. Um, And I I, I do that um not so much to hide my anonymity um because if you go to my social media you'll see everything about me um i am a recovering alcoholic so i go to a 12-step program and it uh, it's so there's an it's kind of a play in words there so you know it's an anonymous program but i'm i'm anything but anonymous i'm an open book um so uh i am I have a podcast called Anonymous Andrew Podcast, Life and the Choices We Make, and I started this podcast because of a relationship that ended approximately six months ago that went on for two and a half years, um, and I did not see what, what hit me. It, it, it was like getting blindsided. Um, uh, it, I, I don't know if you're ready for me to go into the story yet, but um, so I started this podcast because just like we discussed earlier, I needed to get my story out there because this is happening globally and it's happening. It doesn't matter if it's a romantic relationship, if it's a platonic relationship, even, even, even a workplace relation, workplace gaslighting and, and deception and manipulation and narcissism is rampant these days, and it's um, one one of the biggest takeaways that I've learned from this is that I always had that victim mentality that I was a victim of gaslighting, I was a victim of uh, cheating and deception and manipulation, and just by starting this podcast and talking to so many guests and and hosts and 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 having these interviews is I have to shift that thinking. I'm no longer I don't look at myself as a victim anymore. um I, I take I'm. I try to look at where I went wrong, how how I can fix it so it doesn't happen again because this is not the first time that this has happened to me. This has happened to me numerous times. um you know i'm 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 sixty three years old and i'm I've lived a full life and I, I've had a I've had a marriage, I've had, I have children, um, but that was a long time ago, I got divorced young, and I had many, 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 many relationships since then, and none of them worked, and I, I had to, at some point, this past relationship really shook me, and it woke me up, and I said, what am I doing wrong? because I can't point the finger at the at my partner. Sure, sure I can because my partner cheated on me, lied to me, gaslighted me and, and and but I'm not going to point the finger. I have to take responsibility because it was my choice to stay. It was my and I chose this person. So, um yeah, I'm um I'm, I'm I'm learning and growing from this experience and I'm, and I'm and I want to help others. Like you said, there's 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 either men out there who are ashamed, uh, uh, either embarrassed or ashamed to talk about it. Um, I, I'm gonna try to bring this to the forefront, a uh, topic, so we can talk about it. It it's real and it's and it's and it's horrible. What happens? The trauma is horrible. I know for me,
1: one of the ways that I was able to cope with some of the pain that I went through, was to understand why it was happening. Because I couldn't figure out why me? Why was I going through these things? Why couldn't I find maybe some of the love or the companionship that my parents did or my grandparents and their parents and so on? So take us through the beginning, Andrew, and tell us the genesis of this. You mentioned that you got divorced Young. Speak up to us about the divorce and how that put you in a position to maybe repeat or at least experience your last relationship and how that impacted you.
0: So I got married at 25 to uh, somebody that I met where I was working, um, and the instant chemistry and romance ignited. Um, we, we got married, we had two children, but within Seven years that relationship just um fell apart. um now in, in this case, it was due to alcohol and drug addiction. Both of us were um involved with alcohol and drug drugs. so it it just didn't I don't think I have to explain this to the audience. it's it's dead, right? So um it was at that time I was about thirty two at the, the, my first divorce. Um, I did go into get help and I, I went into recovery and um I put about five years of sobriety together and in in typical fashion I started dating again I, and and this is one of the patterns that I'm trying to fix every relationship that ended I began a new one within two or three months I I just, didn't take time to heal I didn't take time to take a step back and look at what happened um, where where I went wrong or why I chose poorly and then I so I got into another relationship which became a civil union so we didn't get married but we lived together for 10 years and we had a I had another child with this with the second woman and that also fell apart and I also relapsed. I went back to alcohol and drugs during that time. Um, and that took me on a, on a tear, as we call it, I went on a tear for almost 18 years of drinking and drugging. Um, and the. if I had to guess in those 18 years, I must've had a dozen relationships. Um, and again, all of them were just bad. I'm going to attribute to all of the failures of those relationships to drugs and alcohol, because most of the women left me because I was a drunk and I I was, you know, I was doing drugs. And um, as many people know, your partner, if they, they don't tolerate that. It wasn't until I got clean and sober in 2015 and took it seriously this time, that, uh, I, I started again, going into relationships. Um, now getting sober and going through this 12 step program, what that does is it makes us take a look at why I drank and why I, I did drugs and, and, and it's a wonderful program, but it doesn't teach you how to be in a relationship. It t- teaches you how to heal that inner addiction, that, that, the disease that, that we have. Um so 2015, I get into another relationship and I, uh, I chose a woman and I think she chose me because her ex-husband was an alcoholic. And then when she heard that I was in sobriety, she figured she would be safe. Um, so she chose me for the wrong reason and I took her for the wrong reason. And that didn't last more than a year. And, um, that, that, at the end of a year, we basically walked away from each other. Cause it was just going nowhere. And I, and, and, in typical fashion, I put myself right back out there on a dating app and I found another woman and jumped right into that relationship. And that too just spiraled out of control. That didn't last more than 18 months, um, fell apart. And, um, I, I, so at this point, I'm I'm still making the same mistakes. I have a, a a phrase in my podcast. I you know the phrase "been there, done that." Well, I'm been there, still doing that. I'm still doing the same mistakes, the same patterns of of, of choosing wrong women or jumping into relationships too quickly without taking a look at what what's going on inside of me and why and so this time i'm sober so i can't blame it on the alcohol this time right i can't blame it on on my disease of addiction the the so that brings us to the relationship that really made me wake up and i met this woman on a dating app i'm gonna say three years ago now and oh my god was she Beautiful and so unlike any of the other 15, 20 women in my life. She was from another country. She emigrated here 25 years ago. Um, barely spoke English when she got, didn't speak English when she got here, and she somehow managed to learn English and, and put a business together and got married and, and became successful. And, but what happened in her life is her husband cheated on her. So she ended up divorcing him and putting herself out there. And that was the first red flag that I missed because she hadn't been out of that relationship for maybe three to six months before she started dating again. If you're married for 22 years and you leave a relationship, there has to be a buffer period of, of healing. And this woman took no time to heal. So she did what I did. She just jumped into another relationship thinking that the the next man will come along and solve her problems and rescue her. We call it the Superman syndrome. I I swooped in. I was the white in in the shining armor on on the white horse swooping in and, and and I'm going to save you. And she would i'm i'm sitting in my living room and behind me is the couch she would sit on my couch for weekends we would she would come down and tell me about all the trauma in her life from when she was a child and 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 her teenage years and how horrible it was when she came here she came here with 5 dollars in her pocket and her son was 10 years old anyway so i, I the relationship started with trauma bonding. I don't know if you know that term and then love bombing and, and myself and many men, when we hear the the, the stories of a woman that went through trauma and we're empathetic, we, well, I'll speak in the eye, but I'm sure a lot of men can identify with this. We want to go sweep them off their feet and, rescue them and say i'm not like that that husband of yours i'm i'm a good man and i'm gonna i'm gonna rescue you and take care of you and and it so there was a that's where the love bombing comes in and we quickly connected and um but here this is where i chose poorly this woman had ulterior ulterior motives um as i said she just didn't properly heal from the 22-year marriage, um, and uh, she and there's another term that uh, I, you know, doing this podcast, I've learned many cliches and phrases, and and one thing is called "hurt people hurt." I'm sorry, hurt people hurt people, and she was a person of that was hurting because of her trauma from her childhood all the way up into her adulthood. Being cheated on in a relationship, in a marriage of twenty-two years, if you think you, you're your life mates and soul mates, and then twenty-two years in, your husband is out having an affair. But that that can be pretty traumatic to a woman, or and any any gender, whatever kind of a relationship, uh, even the LGBTQ community. It's horrible to have somebody that you think is loyal to you, but then she turns around and does it to me. You know, we had six months of the honeymoon period. Everything seemed beautiful and happy. And and we were making plans to move to Florida. And but she, I think, unbeknownst to me, didn't we didn't talk about this. I think she at six months, we did fall in love. But I think at six months, she figured out that she really wanted to see what else was out there you know she went from the husband right to me and um she she even there was a a time that she took a trip to florida and she didn't let me go with her and, and by the way one of the one of the things she she told me in the early days of our relationship that we had to keep it a secret and i couldn't tell anybody i couldn't post pictures on facebook i couldn't tell many but i couldn't be seen together in public and there were so many red flags that I just ignored them. By the way, she was a Miss Universe runner-up in the country she came from back in uh, somewhere in the '90s. So this just to give you an idea of the caliber of beauty she she was. She was extraordinarily beautiful, and um, which which is a problem for men, right? You have a beautiful woman sitting in front of you, and I thought I hit the lottery. I'm like, wow, Miss Universe pageant. <laughs> Who gets that? Who gets that chance?
1: Yeah, Andrew, um, and I'll share something with you in regards to that, because you mentioned a couple of things when you said like love bombing, trauma bombing, trauma bonding and things like that. There are times that many people in an order, in order to save themselves, to heal themselves, they will go out and try to heal another Right, mm-hmm. I can fix Jane down the street, and if I can fix Jane somehow, that means I can fix myself, and that is not necessarily the case. Also, I think it's in our fiber as men to rescue the damsel in distress, in distress, mm-hmm. right? Like, we see, especially if it's an attractive woman, we're saying that this person wasn't quote-unquote, man enough for this type of woman, but you know what? I'm Superman. I can be, right? (laughs) You undo your tie, you pull down your shirt, there's an S on your chest, and before you know it, you're flying around everywhere because you found your lowest lane.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? She's damaged here, she needs help here, I need help there. You're doing things for this person, even though you don't know them very well, that you never thought that you would do Ever, especially early on, right? So when you began to realize that she was doing some of the things to you that was being done to her previously, such as the cheating and things like that, how did that make you feel?
0: So she went to this trip on to Florida and I couldn't go because she, whatever, she said I couldn't go. And while she was down there, she was visiting a friend and a male friend. And I started getting inappropriate pictures, like they were in bed and they were not not naked or anything. They would just, they seemed to be too comfortable to me. They were taking selfies and and I called her out on it. I said to her, these pictures are inappropriate. I thought this was a friend of the family, like it was her mother's friend or something that And you know what she said to me? If you don't like it, there's plenty of men waiting to take your place. She knew how beautiful she was. And she put herself up on a pedestal to the point where if you don't like it, I I got men lining up to date me. And when I heard that statement, I, of course, backed down uh, because she called my bluff. You know, she called me out on. I called her out and she came back you know, I tried to establish a boundary and saying, this is unacceptable. And I was looking at this Miss Universe and, and I said, I'm, I don't want to lose her. So what did I do? You know, I, I, I took a step back and I said, okay, enjoy the rest of your vacation, you know, and, and, but that just kept happening. She would come home and there were nights I couldn't get a hold of her. There were, and, and, and here's where it got really, really bad for me. And you asked me how I handled it. There were the weekends that she would come over and spend time with me on the weekend. When we were intimate, when we got into bed, she would say to me, and I, I, I'm, I don't know if there's an explicit warning on this podcast, but I'll try to keep it clean. She would she would say to me, okay, she would say to me, my, my vagina is off limits. You cannot have intercourse with me. And I, and listen, in a in a relationship with with somebody, if if you're having issues with your sexual reproduction organs, I don't know, you can have a UTI infection or any number of things that happen to both men and women. You know, you say, hey, look, honey, I got a UTI today. Can we use a condom? Or or can you you have a conversation about it? But I didn't get that. I got you just can't have intercourse with me today so she offered ulterior methods of of intimacy and i just said okay and went along with it but this pattern started happening more often to one day when she came over and uh, again i'm gonna i'm gonna try to keep it clean but when i looked down at her pelvis area between her legs this time that the vagina was engorged and and i'm i am not exaggerating here it was the size of a grapefruit it looked like it so the bottom line is it is obviously she was out having sex with other men all night long or the night before and it was so engorged and inflamed that but again i i i questioned her on it and um she just had this grasp on me that i just accepted anything that she said um and this is where the gaslighting comes in she would actually say to me you don't really see what you're looking at my my vagina is fine i just don't want to have intercourse today and i would look and i'd say no it, it it's clearly looking you see where i'm going here it's gaslighting and um I, this is the problem that i'm having with this past relationship this happened early. This happened within the first year. And I stayed. Why did I stay? I knew this woman was having sex with other men and then coming over and having sex with me or, or 50% of the time, because 50% of the time I couldn't. And I, I accepted that behavior. And because, because of that one statement that I made, you know, six months prior that if, That her pictures were inappropriate, that if I didn't like it, that there were plenty of men waiting to take her, take take my place. Well, apparently those men took my place. (laughs) She already had, had indulged them. And she even admitted to me one day that she had some men that she was still talking to on the app. This is what's, what's driving me. This is why I started the podcast. I, I, stayed in a in, in this abusive gaslighting deceptive manipulative manipulative relationship way past its expiration point it, i should have the, the first time i saw signs of, of cheating and, and, you know if we had more time i could even tell you that i i did some research and um there is indication that it might have been more than cheating that she might have been in the adult entertainment industry that she was a high class escort that she was doing it for money so um um and and in my podcast i i don't i don't come out and say that because i don't i don't want to accuse her of anything but i do have proof but I, I just, I'm not looking to get anybody in trouble or out anybody. This is my problem. This is something that, because I stayed and I did not walk away. Um, there was a time I took her to Florida. Finally, after a year and a half of hiding and not posting pictures on Facebook, I got her to take a trip to Florida. The third day we were there, she left me. I went to a meeting that morning. I went to a, a 12-step meeting and I came back and she was gone. Uh, we had a seven-day vacation planned, and on the third morning, she packed her bags and left. And when I found when I finally got a hold of her later that day, she told me that she made up some story about why she was angry at me. You don't, you don't. If you go to on a vacation with your boyfriend, you don't leave them twelve hundred miles away from where you live. You, you don't get on a train and come back home. You you, you sit down and you and you just say, hey. I don't like the way you drove on the I-95 yesterday. We we had gone to the Florida Keys and we were driving back and you could do, I think down there, the speed limit's 85. I was doing 85, 90. And she said that was the reason she left because she felt unsafe in the car with me. She's been driving with me for, you know, at this point, 18 months. All of a sudden she's got a problem with my driving. So she leaves me in Florida Five days later, she comes back to my house, knocks on my door and apologizes and wants to come back to me. And I took her back. Now, Terrain, why? Why
1: Why did you take this person back after they put you through all of that? Especially they said that my body is off limits. You suspected and ultimately found evidence of her providing her body to someone else. And Mm -hmm. now here you were trying to be better You got left in Florida. Explain to us why after all of that, you decided to say, Hey, you can come. It's okay. If you come back.
0: That's the $64 million question. Um, and, and and that's why I started this podcast to understand why I think the first reason would, I would say was that I didn't have self-worth. I, 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 I didn't love myself enough. I respect myself enough to uh, I, I, when she came back after the Florida trip and asked to come back to the relationship, I should have said no. But I, again, I had this beautiful woman sitting on my couch. She was crying. The tears came out. I'm so sorry. And I, I'll pay you back for the vacation. The get was gas. This brings us back to gaslighting and, and manipulation. Um, promise to do better. I, um, I love you. I want to marry you. And, and then that's so there's the love bombing again. And um, and me thinking that I will never find a beautiful woman like her again. You know, I, at that time, I was just turning sixty or sixty one. You know, I, I I don't look that old, but i'm sixty three years old where am I going to find a a Miss Universe pageant in the next, you know, let's say I have 15 more years on this planet, 20 years, 25 of them. Lucky this woman was, I I thought was, I I put her on a pedestal. This is what it came down to. I put her on a pedestal and I didn't want to lose her. Um, But I'm devaluating my self-worth and my own self-respect. And then she continued, you know, two, two months later, there she was back in my room telling me that her vagina was off limits again. Um so i um I, I and I stayed i and if you want, I can fast forward the story to the ending um it 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 just continued and continued and continued. I hired a private investigator, and um that's where I found out my information um i i I, I had to put i I had to find out terrain i I did not know. What to do, but I think I needed to see physical evidence in front of me that this was actually happening. Because, in and in when somebody gaslights you, they can manipulate you into thinking that you're you self-doubt, that you're crazy, that you're not really processing the information. That so there were, it got to the point where she's even said to me, "If you don't stop questioning me, uh, I'm going to leave you." I think you're paranoid and I think you have a mental illness and you need to go on medication. So I went to a psychiatrist and they put me on medication that I didn't belong on because she gaslighted me into thinking that I might have a mental illness. And um, of course, I went on this medication for, I don't know, four or five months and it was horrible. Um, But So, but I finally found out the truth, what was going on. And I confronted her with this truth and she denied it. Told me again that you're, I I told her, I said, look, I hired a private eye and I had you followed. And um, here's the evidence. And she said, that's not me. (laughs) You know, so I presented her with pictures and, and uh, evidence. And she said, no, that's not me. So I, I, I finally, I, I'm, I'm gonna say it. I finally had the balls to, to say, no more, no more. You and I one are of my done.
1: one of my friends, he was in a similar situation where he ended up on headache and stress medication because of the relationship that he was in. And one of the interesting parts about it is similar to you. He was trying to make it work. He was trying to understand it. He was trying to be a man, right? And I think many times what happens is when we put someone on a pedestal, we put them above us. So their behavior is above us. Their feelings are above us. And what they want to do, regardless of how painful it is to us, that is also above us. Because once you start to elevate someone, not only in your mind, but in your behavior, in your the way you treat them, then some people may actually think that they are above you. And I think sometimes in relationships, that's a very difficult thing to understand because you want to be everything for that person. And I know sometimes men have that burden of performance. We want to make sure we have the resources. We want to make sure we can do this. We can do that and we will run ourselves into the ground for a relationship
0: did you experience that as well many times and and i didn't even touch upon the financial part of it how much because she wasn't working she wasn't working in a legitimate job she was working at nights Making money, um, and, and by the way, this escorting that I'm that I referred to, we're not talking about your run of the mill prostitute. She was a high class, um, one of these VIP escorts that you you needed to have connections to get and make appointments with her, and she you know charged like two thousand dollars a night. That that type of high high class escort. So she had money, but she didn't know that I knew that, and. So I would I was funding her. I was giving her money to fix her car. I was giving her money for for her bills. Um I, I can't, I don't even want to tell you how much money I spent on this woman. So um I'd like to I'd like to read you something that's two 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 or three sentences, but I think it wraps up where my mind is today. And and it it tells the story about why we fall in love with these people to the potential version of you that i fell in love with you will be missed to the actual version of you that manipulated me giving me trust issues making me question everything you took a piece of me when you left and that's okay you can have it that person is not welcome here that version allowed you to use me the way you did and to you, I say never again. And I have to give credit. I saw that on Instagram. Um, I, that's that's wraps this up. I, I fell in love with the potential. This woman had potential, but she she like I think you alluded to a little bit a while ago. We she was looking for that knight in shining armor. I was it. I think when she felt validated after six to eight to 12, whatever months she said, Oh yes, I'm still, I'm still beautiful. I I can have men fall in love with me. Take the escorting aside for a second. I think she was looking for just another man to validate that her, that she was beautiful, that she was still desirable. And I was that man. But once she was finished with that part of me, she moved on. Uh, And I, I, just to clarify, I don't want to picture like, this was the entire relationship there were beautiful times together there were many trips we took that she didn't leave me on we we had a lot of common we we cooked and we sang and we we went to the beach we both lived by the beach i mean, I mean there was a real relationship going on there but there was a secret little world of hers that i couldn't be part of and she was just hiding something and we now know what it is so um and let's go back to the beginning I was ashamed of how I let this happen to me. Um, in the beginning, I, at the, beginning, well, the end of the relationship, I didn't know where to t- who to turn to, because I, to me, I was a mess. I was a broken man. I was an empty sh- shell. Um, she had stripped me of every essence of, of, you know, taking my alcoholism aside. I'm a, I'm a decent human being. I, I, I'm. It, it, if, if, if I see you struggling in the street or an old lady, I'm going to help you. I'm going to, I'm, I'm one of these guys. That's a, I'm, I'm a nice guy. I'm going to help you. I'm not, I don't have a, a bad bone in my body other than my disease of alcoholism, which different story, but she, she, she took advantage of that. And, um, today I, I I'm struggling whether I should start dating again. And, uh, I'm thinking that maybe it's best that I stay single for a while and and work on this podcast and learn. Train. I, mean, I don't know if I can trust another woman. If I start dating again, I don't think I'll trust again for a long time. You know. So that there's a lot of damage that needs to be repaired. Um, I, I don't know if I'm rambling, but. <laughs>